Listen up, maggots. We got targets inbound. So lock and load your senses and stand by for imminent contact. If you love beer, you're in the beer army. So grab a frosty brew and get ready. It's time to liberate your senses. It's Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. Well, welcome to the show. It's Mick Dagger here. And the general. A lot shaking in the world of Beer Army. Man, Jolly Skull Beer Fest, absolutely amazing. Yeah, it went off. uh, I got to give it to House Mouse Scott. He did a great job running it, even though um, with the weather and, you know, we had certain vendors bailing last minute or people having questions or us just trying to deconflict things or whatever. But we still had thousands of people turn out or whatever. And the turnout uh, was awesome. Um, yeah, it was a smaller turnout, I would say, probably than years past. But, it, you know, a lot of people were having a good time. And uh, I know some people asked about homebrewers, and we explained to them that, you know, that wasn't our decision. That was something that's being pushed upon by the state because, yeah. you know, having serving homebrew at, in this state right now is uh, illegal. Uh, I We do have more information to follow at a later date. We are going to do something about that. We're going to get involved with that in our state legislature, see if we can't change that around. But um, where we normally have the homebrewers, we put all the wineries then. And, uh, yeah, it was – it was uh, it was interesting. <laughs> I'll know? tell you what, it flew yeah. by, man. That day flew by. It was uh, it was pretty much nonstop. Yeah, and it, the turnout, really considering the weather, was actually it was really good. Everybody was crushed into the vestibule or the breezeway <laughs> or whatever. And we, you know, and the thing is, we couldn't even open up the doors because they open out. And we're like, look, you guys got to get out, like out and in line, and they don't want to get out in line. <laughs> so the coat check, I know the Army Hornets were busy with the coat check, man. They co- they checked a lot of codes. I want to say they checked. Um, I think I believe it was 160 or 170 coats. Wow. Which isn't a lot when you think about the thousands of people that showed up, but you know, whether they just decide to tough it out. Cause you get a lot of people waiting their cars last minute and they'll run, you know, so they don't have to carry a jacket cause it kind of sucks, but uh, carrying a jacket during a <laughs> festival. But uh, Brian Mayer did a great job uh, in the band uh, singing and stuff like that, entertaining uh, everybody. Um, uh, Kevin Howard did a great job, master of ceremonies and stuff like that. You and Eric uh, slinging beer in the back there, and of course uh, Mary, Christy, uh, Brittany, uh, Paige, and uh, you know other girls from the Bear Me Hornets and Girls Pine Out was there, and they had a booth, and just it was just really good, and uh, really glad that uh, those that could attend were able to attend and, and get out. But um, I think for in our immediate area, the roads were fine. Uh, you know the weather, the snowpocalypse. I, I really don't think the weatherman them amping it up for ten days prior to the festival uh, really yeah, helped us yeah. out, but. Uh, Hey, well, they is, do that, don't they? Yeah, you got you to hate it. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to love it, but you don't. You that's the hate craziest it. thing about the South. Nine out of ten times, the weather won't be as bad as it's predicted to be. And that's when everybody freaks out when it isn't. Yeah. But yet when the weather is actually bad, people act like it's just totally fine. And that's when they do their <laughs> – they're driving crazy on the roads and everything else. Oh, dude. Yeah, but, I don't uh, get it. Sixth, year, uh, sixth annual Jolly Skull Beer Fest is in the books. We will uh, – we're cranking out – you know, we're getting ready already for seventh annual Brewburn Beer Fest, which is our summer um, – our beer and wine festival, which is our seventh year going back to Brewburn. And tickets will go on sale for that around the end of February. Um, I know it's – seems kind of earlier than what we have in years traditionally but what we don't what we're trying to do is get into a rhythm where we're not always like oh we gotta throw this you know you would think after so many years of doing it it seems like we're still kind of jumping through our butts sometimes and i just don't like that well there's (laughs) always stuff that pops up that you have you have to deal with last minute and uh but how about those playoffs baby you and me we're going head to head man number one seeds man i was so happy for the uh the broncos because i was watching that game and and as a i mean it must have been around the second 
second into the second quarter, about halfway into the second quarter, I was like, I think they're going to win this. I think they could pull this off. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that defense pressured Brady. It was so oh, awesome. It was, a, it was great. Yeah. So I'm really uh, – so congratulations, my friend. You know, That's going to be a tough game. You know? I mean, Denver's actually the underdog. Well, you know, the thing is you got Peyton Manning. And sure, we got Cam Newton, but we have I, a hell of a defense. But you guys have yeah, a hell of a defense. I mean, too. you know, I don't know. I, I'm not. I by no means am I thinking. Oh, we're gonna ha- we got this all locked up because I was very happy that the Panthers um, uh, did not take their foot off the gas, so to speak, because right. they were always being criticized, and they just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I, you know, I think you need to because the Cardinals have a lot of offensive threats. But uh, I was very happy, uh, obviously, with their performance. And, <laughs> yeah, forty nine uh, to fifteen. Yeah, yeah it would be too. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. Obviously, I hope I hope the Panthers win, just like you hope Denver wins. But because uh, we don't have a Super Bowl win, unlike Denver, you guys do. You know, you guys got a couple. So you know, we need one. We're just asking for one. I'm I think not ready to give it up yet. <laughs> You're not ready to give it up. <laughs> Like this beer. Let's talk about not giving up this beer. I couldn't believe that we have not featured them before, especially when uh, we've uh, really partied with them in the past. And uh, We've had some fun with these guys. Talking about Raleigh Brewing out of Raleigh, North Carolina. This is their House of Clay Rye IPA. You know what a fan I am about Rye and Rye mm-hmm. IPAs. The uh, the can says 7.1% ABV. Their website says 7.2. And then other listing sites like Rape Beer and Beer Advocate have them at 7.5. So we're going to call it 7.1 because that's what's on the can. Uh, you can get more information about Raleigh Brewing Company by going to RaleighBrewingCompany.com. We'll have a link that goes right to the um, information sheet for the specific beer. Uh, this bad boy's pouring a, uh, a hazy amber orangish um, color, almost kind of a little bit of a cloudiness, uh, with an off-white head. I mean, it was a huge white rocky head. Uh, it's, it's settled down a little bit, but I still got at least a good finger uh, worth of um, high of uh, foam, and then uh, I got some lacing going on. I get a nice earthy aroma with additions of floral, citrus, um, tropical fruits. Uh, I get some of this bready biscuitiness, uh, and then of course some of that pepperiness that you get from the rye. Mm-hmm. Um, you first when you and then when you taste it, uh, you, you taste some uh, sweet caramel, that breadiness, that biscuity breadiness, but it's like a caramel that transitions to the citrus along with that rye, and then I do get some grain on the end and in the aftertaste, and I don't, I don't think you want that per se but i'm not saying that makes it bad or anything but i'm just picking up a little bit of that um maybe it's grassiness maybe graininess is not uh the correct um descriptor uh but i i I think the body and the mouthfeel are medium with carbonation being the same with that said i think it's a really well balanced beer in that the pepperiness doesn't overpower it's not too sweet it's not too bitter it's not too fruity it's it's really kind of a, a full 360 uh and I really like it. I really like it a lot. So, um, again, we're talking about their House of Clay Rye IPA from Ollie Brewing Company. Mm. And, and then, of course, uh, let's talk about the brewery. So it was founded by Christy and Patrick uh, Newstead in May of 2010. Christy is the president and CEO, whereas Patrick is the uh, chief operating officer and technical manager. And he has this uh, interesting Swedish accent when I've talked to him before or whatever. Patrick is a pilot by profession and then considers himself an engineer and chemist by heart. <laughs> so, <laughs> Originally, it was formed to enter a partnership and brew beer at a local bar that was being built in northwest Raleigh. Uh, that kind of fell apart and stuff. So they continued to develop their beers and they rewrote their business plan at a sta- as a standalone brewery. And then uh, later in uh, August of that year, the 20-barrel brew house and their tanks were delivered. And then they also have Atlantic Brewing su- or Atlantic Brew Supply, uh, which includes uh, commercial brewing equipment, as well as an equipment and ingredients for home brewers, 
So it's like this one-stop shop that thinks so cool because you have the brewery, then you have a commercial brewing equipment, which is Atlantic Brew Supply, and then of course you have this homebrew shop and homebrew equipment, and so it is really kind of cool, like this this full package place, you know, where you can do all of it. I love how they say on the can it's a uh, it's a veritable brutopia in Raleigh. <laughs> they uh, Alex Smith is their production manager and brewer, and we've partied with him. And then, of course, uh, Michael McAdoo, man, that guy's off the chain. He's out of control. He's their lead consultant on the Atlantic Brew Supply equipment side. And so chances are if you're calling or looking to buy something, you're going to be talking to him, and he'll be getting you your quote and everything. He's a great guy, though. Uh, Between him and Christy, I don't know, man. It's like – Fire and water, man. I don't know. (laughs) All I know is that Scott and I, and I know Alex probably feels the same, I think they get us into more trouble – (laughs) <laughs> in a good way I, I can't tell you dude uh when we went to portland we we're at craft brewers conference and then we were out there at cascade brewing company it's like one or two in the morning we gotta catch a flight at five you know and they're like oh we're doing a red eye the next night and i'm just like oh man it just killed us it killed us man <laughs> they're really convincing and encouraging you to <laughs> stick with it huh oh they're really great people though and um yeah, just really look forward to maybe doing something with those guys in the future. But uh, yeah, Christie's awesome. The all their beer names, I thought this was interesting. They pay homage to their namesake city, so they try to, um, you know, try to, you know, pay well, pay homage. Yeah, they have roots mm-hmm. that go back to it, so there's some meaning to that. And I think that's really cool whenever a brewery can do that. Instead of just kind of like just pulling something out, it's like, oh, why'd you come up with that name? Oh, well, it sounds cool. You know, it's like right. to to kind of pay respect to your area. I think is the way to do it. Uh, interestingly enough, I did not know this, but uh, Christy is the majority owner in Raleigh Brewing Company, and it makes her the first female-owned brewery in North Carolina. I didn't know that, so she has that oh, little yeah. that badge of honor or whatever. So, kudos to her and congrats. And uh, yeah, so definitely get your hands on this beer, um, try it out. The cool thing is they're canning now, so we're that's it's what cancer. we're. Badass, this labeling's great. Yeah, so that's what we're drinking out of here. Is like, well, we're drinking it out of a glass, but we we got it in a can, so definitely. Uh, Check it out. The Raleigh Brewing House Bronx. House of Clay, the Rye IPA. This is uh, it pays tribute to the original buildings of Raleigh's Shaw University, which were built with red clay bricks that students made by hand. Wow. So a nice little tribute in history lesson right yeah. there. Yeah, oh, that's cool. And a great beer. Again, RaleighBrewingCompany.com. That's the website where you can get more info. And link to uh, link to that and more right there, BeerArmy.org. Hit us up, check us out, and become a pledger. Help us do good things. You know, we had Jolly Skull Beer Fest. That's one of the uh, one of the avenues and the events that we utilize that helps generate money for the foundation to help us generate scholarships and have a positive impact in the community. But you can also team up with us to do just the same. So hit up BeerArmy.org, click the pledge. And whatever level you'd love to do it, there's some great rewards for doing so. So check it out. Take some time. And I can't thank you enough for doing that. And stick around. We have our Heroes Never Die coming up in an awesome story that pretty much sums up the epitome of uh, why we do this and why it's the, the cornerstone of Beer Army Engaged. Go AWOL with Beer Army Radio. We're online and mobile at beerarmy.org. Every soldier needs quality gear. Get yours at BeerArmy.org. Hats, t-shirts, and more. Show Murphy he can't keep you down and announce to the world that you're in the Beer Army. Go to BeerArmy.org. Do it. Uh, By the way, Murphy's a bitch. It's Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. I'll tell you what, it is pledge season. 
That's for darn sure. Season. I'll tell you real pledge quick. Season, I'm at scholarship season. <laughs> That's what I should have said. I was gonna say I'm gonna <laughs> pledge my my taste buds of this beer because uh, I didn't realize they dry hopped it for five days. I mean, and there's definitely when I say hazy. Now looking at this thing, we got some floaters and stuff like that, but you really get a lot of hop essence because mm-hmm. this beer obviously is not filtered, and um, nothing wrong with that. It just so getting some serious hop flavor though. I'm digging it, but that's delicious. Like you said, but before man, it's just a really well balanced beer. Yeah, it's well rounded. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Scholarship, 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 scholarship. You said scholarship season. Scholarship season is open, and we're we're beginning more applicants. And so you know, you got to the end of March, get your application in. It's free to apply. Uh, get take your shot at uh, any of our various scholarships that go from twenty five hundred to thousand to five hundred dollars. And uh, again, just, it's it's the most liberal application process in the world. I, I can't say it enough. And I thought it's really cool that we're being invited down to uh, Cape Carteret um, or Carteret County or Carteret Community College's uh, luncheon that they're having for people uh, that were benefactors or, you know, that uh, that helped people get to school because one of the scholarship nice. recipients went to school down there. So we're looking forward to that on uh, 15 February to go out there and hang out and um, just be a part of that and uh, eat some grub. And then, of course, uh, Cape Fear Beer Fest is 5 March. We are going to have a silent auction booth going on there. And that's something that we've been doing at our festivals, having silent auctions, and it helps us raise money uh, to fund these scholarships. So we're looking to do that down in Wilmington, North Carolina. And, again, that's 5 March. Unfortunately, House Mouse Scott won't be with me, but you will be with yeah, me. Yeah, I'll be there. Mick Dago will be there. I'll help you out, so absolutely. House Mouse will be busy uh, running away up to uh, Richmond, Virginia, to attend the 2016 South Atlantic Hops Conference. So. Oh, I'm sure he's really upset about having to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Is there some NC State ties and stuff like that? So yeah. He's playing that card on me. Go so. back, man. <laughs> oh, but as always, yeah, it's always my favorite segment because uh, it gets to the nuts and bolts of what this is all about. Absolutely, because in this crazy world, uh, we do this for the very reason that you never know when everything goes to crap, you never know who's going to step in the gap. <laughs> I know in the past we have featured uh, superstars or movie stars, or I think the last one I think was Harrison Ford when he moved his plane. I think it was like oh, yeah, a year ago. Remember was, that? Yeah, and he, he crash landed in the golf course to avoid yeah, the houses. Yeah, right, right. So this week uh, we have Jamie Foxx, and I like Jamie Foxx. I think he does a good job. Uh, I like the the football. Uh, was it on any given Sunday or something like that where he plays uh, the Jamie? Quarter- yeah, oh yeah, I'm yeah, thinking of Cuba Gooding Jr. at the yeah. Tom Cruise. No, no, yeah, yeah I but you're right. Any given Sunday, that was a great movie. I thought, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah I think that's the name of the movie. <laughs> but I think he did a great job. But anyways, uh, yeah, he he ended up the, being a hero and didn't even, you know didn't have to go anywhere because it happened right on the steps of his house. Here, give wow. this a listen. Truck lost control, rolled several times, then burst into flames outside Jamie Foxx's house Monday night. It was Fox who helped pull the young man to safety. He didn't have to do a thing. And, you know, like I said earlier, that, that I think we all hope that we could do something when the time is there. But the question is, is do we? Do we act? Photos show the truck flipped over and completely charred as firefighters put out the rest of the flames. Police say the driver was 30-year-old Brett Kyle. Your son's a fighter. And when he extends, he extends out of the cabin, pull him out. And uh, as we pull him out, uh, within five seconds later, the... The, the, the truck goes up. Fox is known for playing many roles, including a hero in some of his blockbuster movies. Yet he still doesn't consider saving a man's life heroic. I look at it as, as, as heroic. I just look at it like, you know, um, you, just, uh, you just had to do something, you know, and, uh, and it all just worked out. That's it. 
Yeah, it just wow. there's two little snippets in there that I really liked, and that was uh, Brett Kyle. Now again, we're talking about 32 year old Brett Kyle. He was the one that was flipped his truck and ran in front of his uh, uh, Jimmy Fox's house or whatever. Uh, but it was his dad that was talking that they were interviewing, and I think he said it so well. He he said he basically said he goes, I think we all hope that we can do something when the time is there, but the question is. Do we act or do we fear our own lives? And he says he did not. He's referring to Fox. He goes, he was there when he needed to be there. He was there for my son. And as far as I'm concerned, he saved his life. Wow. And uh, the, the thing is that as, as you look at, there's video cameras, you know, from security cameras, obviously, around the houses and stuff, because he obviously lives in a well-to-do neighborhood or whatever. Yeah. They said that on the security footage, several other cars passed by but did not stop. Several other cars went by and did not stop. But Fox said there was one car that did stop, and the driver's an EMT. And um, he said that he happened to have scissors to cut the seatbelt. So Fox was able to pull the victim out of the burning truck. But And the EMT's name was just Christian. That's all he's got. But, you know, he says, you know, in other reports, he says, you know, he's sitting in the house. All of a sudden, he hears a note, like, what the hell's going on? And he decided to investigate, and boom, you know. And they said that, you know, literally once they pulled him out, like, the truck just went bursting into flames. Wow. So I, I can only imagine. I mean, for a guy who's a movie star who's worked on some action movies like that he has, I can only imagine probably like, man, this is like almost like a movie scene, but this ain't a movie, man. This is for real. This is for keeps. So, again, it's really cool when you see people who, I don't want to say are well off or rich or anything. That's not what I want to say. But, like, not that anybody has a past to not get involved or not do anything, uh, but yeah, I yeah. think well-affluent sometimes have a tendency to be like, eh, you know, somebody else can deal with that crap. And not, you know, I, I just think it's, I tip my I hat to him. what you're saying. I tip my hat to him. I, I'm really, really impressed. Uh, uh, it really goes to show what a stand-up guy he is, you know? Well, success does not determine a level of humanity. Right. I mean, yeah. Even, well, I know that probably sounded like I was being kind of uh, no, I, I don't loathing in my I, my viewpoint. <laughs> well, there are there are people who, who uh, hit a certain status and a level of affluence that do look down on others, don't feel that their time is worthy to share with others who aren't at the level they're at. Yeah. I get it. And and they're I don't know maybe they're bitter. Who knows? But uh, Jamie Fox obviously is one that's just like, look, something needs to be done. I'm here. Let me do it. The cool thing was too is is obviously he's getting hit with a lot of media requests and stuff like that, and you know because he said he goes as we pulled him out within five seconds the truck goes up and he's talking to reporters and you know he's saying look I, and he you heard in his interview I don't consider me being a, a hero I'm you know just something needs to be done and I got involved on his Instagram account though he posted on there um, he said there's no heroes just happy fathers oh, talking wow. about him talking about that guy's dad you know yeah, like yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, like yeah. the ta- you know, I don't know, just the humility of somebody again who's affluent and has a lot going for him, and to be humble like that, I think is is very inspiring. It's very, it makes me appreciative that I am a member of the human race, even though there's constant examples of <laughs> <laughs> why I cringe that I'm a member of the human race. But. There are plenty of days I think humanity's flushed itself down the you know proverbial toilet because yeah. it came Lord. out of somebody's meat envelope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like Corey Taylor says, there's a bunch of people in the world that are, you know, douche pickles soaked in toilet water. (laughs) Douche pickles. (laughs) Oh, man. No, but, uh, yeah, so, again, a hero shout-out to uh, Jamie Foxx for being heroic and at the same time not considering yourself heroic and willing to step up and do something even while others drive by and saving a man's life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, 
good on you, brother. And uh, we really appreciate it. And um, yeah, just uh, thank you. Thank you so much. So it's uh, it's nice to know that 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 humanity and that uh, humility is still there, like you said, with him. But I'm looking forward to our next segment, Matt, because oh, I, I, uh, I, uh, I got this out of the box burger commercial, basically. And, uh, you know, because we have Barry Burger Company <laughs> over there that we're, uh, we do uh, great things with and uh, uh, we cross promote. And, and we were just talking about how we need to do maybe something, uh, maybe some social viral type media. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, Buddy Bengal, he found this, he sent it to me, and I just laughed my ass off. And uh, we're going to play a little snippet of it. But uh, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> I have that story I didn't get to last week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we yeah, definitely got to do it. The chastity belt. Yeah, I yeah. want to hear that thing. I want to hear it. Got that and more. So <laughs> make sure you do. Just keep it locked here on Beer Army Engaged. And don't forget the full back catalog of episodes available to you anytime. You can hit up beerarmy.org. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. But remember, rate and review because that's the way to spread the word right there. That's the the golden ticket. Uh, take the time, rate it, and uh, and review it, and pass the word. We love doing what we do here. We love that you're a part of it. And to thank you so much and stick around. Yikum to Sue right around the corner. Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. On the battlefield of beer, an informed soldier is a good soldier. Learn more about the Beer Army Foundation. Go to beerarmy.org. Get informed about beer, upcoming events, festivals, and community outreach that the Beer Army provides and supports. The revolution starts with you at beerarmy.org. You know, with the new year here, there's the new swag for you super soldiers there that have made your pledge on the beerarmy.org. Yeah, we've been talking about that. And, of course, uh, we suck and we haven't gotten it out yet. But uh, House Mouse Scott will be sending out all those little packages, like a little package fairy. And uh, so be waiting in your uh, your inbox. Should be <laughs> to you by the end of this week. And then, of course, uh, for our pledges, we're going to get out the, the tax uh, determination letters or whatever so they can... Uh, you know, apply it to their taxes and stuff like that. Right. Uh, our goal is since W-2s have to be cut by, we don't do W-2s or anything like that, but uh, we try to shoot for the end of the month uh, to reconcile everything. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a pain in the ass, but we just want to yeah. make sure people are taking the max effect benefit from supporting the Beer Army Foundation to include expense, expensing their donations or reducing their tax liability because they did support us. Hey, the government allows you to do it. We want you to do it. Take we advantage want you to get that of that benefit. It. So, absolutely. So, so, besides getting swag and stuff like that, you know, those are the you know, what do you have? You have peace of mind knowing that you're helping someone get to school. Mm-hmm. You're getting kind of a financial benefit and that you're able to help uh, expense it off your taxes. And then, of course, you're getting some great swag and stuff like that to sport around and say, yeah, I'm in the Beer Army, man. I'm a Beer Army super soldier. So There's a lot of cool gear. That's, that's really awesome. And it's an awesome way to show your support and, uh, and your pride in, in Beer Army and being a part of something awesome. So for those of you that haven't done so yet, do hit up BeerArmy.org. Check it out. Peruse. See everything that uh, Beer Army is about. And there's a, just a great resource there for you. And uh, right now, though, this is the point of Beer Army Engaged where we're just able to go freeform and just let it all out, as we do anyway. I know we talked about uh, maybe having another segment called the uh, Bizarro World, but the problem <laughs> is, is that it wouldn't leave much left over for Yikum to sue because that seems like to be the columns that or the pieces that we feature. You know, it's like uh, yeah, <laughs> this is a screwed up place, Earth. Good oh, lord, man. yeah. There's just some stuff you can't make up, so let's Yikum to sue. So Mick, we were talking uh, with uh, management over at Beer Army Burger Company, and they're talking about doing. Uh, 
viral marketing pieces. You know, we're always been big on um, social media. We've always been about grassroots and guerrilla marketing and stuff like that because, hey, let's face it, we don't. Unlike uh, Anheuser-Busch, who'll probably drop about, oh, I don't know, a billion dollars on Super Bowl <laughs> ads because I think the average 30-second ad is going for $33 million. We just what? don't have that kind of money. Jeez. So. Uh, we were talking about doing maybe like a funny video of Gary doing something in the kitchen or something like that, uh, you know, which is the chef for Beer Burger Company. But then uh, Buddy Bangle, he came across this piece uh, from Schweid and Sons, who is a uh, was a butcher shop and now just focuses on burgers. So they just published this. We thought it was great. Give it a listen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like to put mayonnaise on my burgers. Last time I did that at Carl's Barbecue. Carl made fun of me in front of everyone. You're making them so fatty, and you're making them rare. They're bloody. It's my burgers. I'm sorry. I don't think I understand the question. I wish I could take one of Alice's hockey puck-like burgers and flip it at her. I tried to eat one uh, with a hot dog on it once, and people said, you can't do that. (laughs) And how did that make you feel? Fat. Guys, this is really stupid. This is like painfully stupid. Oh, wow. So they got, they got this cameo where they brought different people in, and there's different phases, and you really got to watch the whole thing because it's pretty funny. And uh, I know we got another little piece we're going to sh- share with you because they, they basically play through them like, what do people tell you you can do with your burgers? And that's the whole point they're trying to get at is that not, not to steal a tagline from Burger King, you know, have it your way, but that's really what we're talking about. You know, your burgers are personal. You know, they're an extension of who you are and what you want to put on your burger. If you want to put like the Reveille, we have a, you know, a poached egg or something like that. Put a damn egg or fried egg. You know, if you want jalapenos on your burger, you should be able to do that. If you want six freaking cheeses, <laughs> great. You want to put cardboard on your burger, you can do that. You know, like it's your freaking burger. You should be able to do what you want. That's why we have the commander burger. Have it your way, you know, type situation. Yeah. You know, you're in command. Um, and so I thought this was really like it, we were just talking about it and then boom, they published this video and we just started laughing our asses off. And so Schweid and Sons, they're a fourth generation purveyor of high quality ground beef. And um, I love what they put on this video. They go, we did not have to make this video, but we did anyway. Why? Because, and their hashtags are, make burgers great again. And, <laughs> and so they're located. Stealing Donald Trump. <laughs> so they're located <laughs> in uh, 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 um, Carlsdad, New Jersey. And their mission is to bring the very best burger meat. And uh, they've been around since the 1800s when they were founded. They were um, doing quality meats to butchers and restaurants in New York City on the Lower East Side. And by the 1930s, uh, the next generation took it a step further and established a successful meat shop in Harlem. And then in um, 1978, uh, the fourth generation took the family uh, long withstanding heritage to meat purveying and founded uh, Schweiden Sons. And it just focuses on one product, and that's ground beef. So, um, yeah, definitely. I'm going to check them out next time I'm up in the Northeast or whatever because I definitely want to see it. But anyway, so the video, they have them playing it through. Like, what would you do? And then they bring this box in, and they're like, imagine this box is the things they're telling you you can't do. What would you do to this box? And I just want you to hear this other little snippet now. I want my burgers. Yeah. And the guy's eating the carb, he's ripping it. And and at first he at first they thought he, he was he was getting mad about his wife and he wrote Alice on the box, which is just like <laughs> he's destroying them. And they're like, No, we're talking about burgers, you know. And he's like, Oh you know? I thought it was a great video, man. Yeah, I thought they did stuff. a really good job. And uh, those are the type of videos I think do really, really well. Yeah. You know Schweiden Sons didn't have to make this video. <laughs> but we did anyway. I wanna try some Schweiden Sons uh, <laughs> yeah, burgers, I know, right? right? 
it's funny. That's crazy. It's funny. Uh, I have something I wanted to share. Uh, and I have to do this from last week. I didn't wasn't able to get to this as far as a story. Yeah, I know we talked about that, and we we talked about uh, we would save it or whatever. And you've been teasing me on the, all this whole week, and I didn't want to read because I want to hear how you set up because I always get a kick out of that. Oh, well, you're going to get a kick out of this. That's for darn sure. Uh, do you think chastity belts are still a thing? Chastity belts? Well, I just watched uh, Mad Max, and I saw that uh, the wives that they were liberating water had chastity belts on, and I, and I was like, damn. You know, the well, if you believe Mad Max can be your reality, then I guess the answer <laughs> is yes to my question. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If post-apocalyptic people wearing very few clothes other than metal underwear are a thing, <laughs> sure. Why not? Well, this story's out of Italy where a woman walked into a fire station last week because she lost the key to her chastity belt. She <laughs> So she puts on her chastity belt? She oh, put wow. it on herself and needed help removing it. Okay. Now get this. She uh she initially told fire crews that she needed help opening the padlock and then they asked the woman where she lived, uh thinking she'd locked herself out of her house. She lifts her sweater and showed them the iron chastity belt. Shut up. <laughs> was she wearing an... Uh, I'm assuming... Like, did she strip down? Or, I mean, you know, does it say? <laughs> I don't know. She just knuckle-hitted or something like that. Ting, ting, ting. <laughs> I don't know what she did. But the craziest oh, thing is... Gosh. You know, they did this investigation trying to figure out why would this woman put a chastity belt on herself? And she told firefighters she wore it because she was worried about the incidents of sexual violence she saw on the news. Well, okay. I, I guess I can buy that for a dollar. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, okay. So if somebody's going to try to rape you, I guess they're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, wow. Yeah, but when you wake up and you lost the key to your chastity belt, you're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, man. Isn't that wow. crazy? That is nuts, man. I, I, yeah. I thought maybe you're going to turn this into some S&M type thing. Or, no, in the know. 21st century, an actual news headline, woman needs firemen to cut her out of chastity belt. Wow. So essentially, firefighters are again saving kittens. <laughs> saving kittens. <laughs> wow. That just happened, people. Well, so in Kentucky, uh, I guess, I, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of blown away with this. I don't even know how to set it up. It, it basically... A high school student was asked to kneel before the principal to have her dress measured. I'm trying to imagine where that's acceptable in any form or fashion, but yeah, so here, just give this a listen here. There were at least 30 to 40 or more girls that were either sent home or told they needed to change because they were out of dress code. Some of them were wearing the same thing I was wearing. Dress Amanda is wearing today in our interview is the same one she says she was wearing when she got in trouble at school on Friday, according to her family. We also spoke to the school system today. They say any dress that has a gap of six inches from the end of the dress to the student's knee is against that dress code. They say the code is being enforced more now, but it's been the same for about three years. You'll hear more on that story at six o'clock. So she's wearing the sweater dress and it looks like a normal sweater dress like it doesn't Mm -hmm. look like a mini skirt to me per se and then she also had leggings on and so the principal again this is at uh, Edmondson County High School in Kentucky he forced her to well he didn't force her he told her to you know get down and then the girl's name was Amanda Durbin and she was part of a mature protest I'm doing air quotes where girls of school wore clothing that was against the school dress code so it's like okay you're wearing stuff that you shouldn't wear but when you look at what they're wearing 
she wore like again the sweater dress which looks totally fine to me and then she also wore leggings which the school doesn't allow i would think well, what'd be wrong with leggings but you know, I just don't understand that gap thing they're saying. Right, because you think gap between the thighs yeah. and legs. It's the gap between the top of the dress and the bottom of their knees. Oh, and so to dis- get a okay. so to get a legitimate like, where's your knee end? You know, is it the middle of the knee, top of the kneecap? So I, I kind of understand this. They make them get on their knees so they can measure from the floor to the top of the dress, or to the to the what, they want to see how high the dress, dress rides it. up because the rule says it can't be higher than six inches from your knee. When kneeling in front of the principal? <laughs> well, I don't know about from kneeling. For the... so, so, so halfway through the day, she was asked to go to the principal's office, and she did so. And that's where a principal, Tommy Hodges, told her to kneel so he can measure the length of her dress. And um, I guess, you know, she didn't feel, you know, didn't feel comfortable with that. And I can, I can understand that. So, yeah. uh, so she requested that her parents be present. So they granted her a request, but it took like over two hours for the parents to get there. And they told them what was up. And so they said, yeah, go ahead and kneel down. So they measured it. It came in five inches. He wasn't satisfied. So then what he did was he told her to walk. He told her to walk with her arms up across the room and then kneel again for another measurement where it turned out that the the dress rode up and was an inch too high. So then they sent her home or whatever. And, you know, the parents, the mom even said, look, this is something that I would let her wear to church. It wasn't like some slutty outfit or something wow. like that. You know, like, you know, I think this is conservative enough. So I was just kind of like, I, I guess what really got me, though, the tagline, because obviously they're doing the play on the tagline, like, you know, principal, it makes, forces girl to get on knees or something and yeah, dress yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. You know, you're thinking, obviously, some you salacious. Know, perverted and suggestive. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't uh, that per se. But I do think, like, hmm, I don't know. You know, if it was a female principal, would it be any different? I just think it's like, kind of demeaning in some ways like i don't know man like you should have be able to use yeah, it just sounds like somebody who wanted to have his way realized he was wrong and then did what he could to <laughs> try to prove he was right Ooh, yeah. throw your arms in the air and squeal like a monkey and then uh, let's do another measurement <laughs> nope so, listen it's too high that was in kentucky kentucky yeah, yeah. get so. her done <laughs> good lord yeah, yeah. That's just absolutely nuts. I don't understand this crazy world. I don't either, dude. And I don't understand why the parents would be like, are they calling him out on his BS here? No, it just, I don't know how this got traction. I think um, because she probably complained it got picked up in the news and the news ran with it or whatever. No, the, 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 you know, there's no, I mean, they've garnered much attention. What the school has done, obviously, a lot of people, but there's been no official response from the school. And the parents aren't like suing or anything like that as of now, or you know, there's nothing crazy going. On. I think just people. Obviously, I think somebody wrote a column or article, and it caught wind, and then of course the news crews go out there trying to, hey, yeah, this is a great uh, news story, you know. It's like and just run with it. So, well, there you go. Weird though. It's just <laughs> Dude, weird. I thought so too. As I mean, like, this is what? Like, the only thing that would have completed that story was if it involved a chastity belt. <laughs> Your chastity belt is showing. Go on. Ting, ting. (laughs) Pretty much. And don't forget BeerArmy.org. Hit it up. Check it out. A lot of resources there. Upcoming events that Beer Army's putting on as well. Scholarship season underway. If you know a degree-seeking youth who uh, could use some money to continue their education. Well, not just youth. Not just youth. Could be adults. Could be... Yeah, that's right. I I know we always think... uh, Right away, I think your natural tendency is to think youth or whatever, or high schoolers or something. Like, now, you could be 30, 40, 50 years old going to school. Again, we have four criteria. As long as you meet the criteria, you're in, man. You can apply. So. Sweet. 
Well, there you go. Even better. Yeah. Check it out. BeerArmy.org. And next week, we'll have another episode for you. So, in the meantime, rounds out. Beer Army Radio.